0: Uh, good evening. I want to uh, welcome everybody after our break from uh, before our, through Pesach. Uh, we have, a, I hope, a good lineup over the next seven, eight weeks. Those who don't get my emails should tell me, and I'll put you on my email list, um, tell me afterwards, because I have generated our own email list. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Rabbi Schmidman. This is... Um, I was going to say third, he tells me fourth, <laughs> four. so that means all four years, and Yishikar, thank you very much, and without further ado, Rabbi Shemimim. Okay, Yishikar Okay, so, Rabbi uh, uh, the um okay, last Thursday night, Howie emailed me and he asked whether I have a title for this uh, evening's Parash and the truth is that uh, my, hec- my schedule was extremely hectic, and I really didn't. I didn't have a chance to think about it uh, But I knew that this uh, pasha is Achrimos Kedoshim And my default mode is Rambam So I emailed back Rambam on Kedusha To which Howie responded How about Kedoshim you, uh, As seen through the lens of the Rambam And I said sure So my task tonight is to deliver a shear That corresponds to that title And I think the way to do that Is to uh, begin with just a, a few words Just a few minutes of Divrei Drush on the phrase kedushim Tiyu and then the bulk of the time will devote to a preliminary exploration of the Rambam's conception of Kedusha and I'm limited, limiting myself because of really time constraints to the uh, what the Halacha calls the Hesha Kedusha that is a, an object that's designated as holy uh, a sanctified uh, object, a Tvilin, a sefer Torah. We're not going to examine it from a halachic perspective, but we will from a more ideational perspective. We'll come right back to it. Uh, okay. So first, the Devar Torah. The uh, Kedoshim T is usually translated in English as you shall be holy, with the implication that uh, you are to strive toward the goal of becoming holy, once you achieve that goal, then you have fulfilled the mandate of to Tiyu. I would prefer to translate it differently. kedushim Tiyu, you shall strive, continually strive to be holy, never actually achieving that stage, but always striving toward it. It's an aspiration. And the reason I say that is because it's dangerous to believe that you have achieved the actual level of Kedusha and the proof of that of course uh, is Korach later on in Bamidbar, where of uh, Bamidbar, where uh, Korach and Dathan and Aviran and the Eda around them rebel against the authority of Moshe and Aaron with the statement Maduatis Nasu Hashem. Why do you lord it over, why do you exalt yourselves over the congregation of Israel? So they're rejecting the authority of Moshe and Aaron and they're roundly and rightly uh, condemned by the Torah and by Chazan for that rebellion and for that statement but if you look in the Torah right before that statement they say something else they say So here they compliment Am Yisrael they say all of Am Yisrael are Kadosh every single member of Am Yisrael has reached the level of Kedusha God is among them. And surely they should be commended for that complimentary statement about Am Yisrael, but they're not at all. Because within that statement lies a fatal flaw, which led to the rebellion. Because if you believe that every member of Am Yisrael has reached the level of kedusha, well, then there's no place else to go. There's no need to take on Moshe and Aaron's teachings and instruction because they, they can't elevate you. You're already on the top. Uh, and that's why when Moshe and Aaron summoned Dustin and Avira, uh, they say they don't say Lo navo. they say Lo na ale. we won't be raised up we won't be elevated because you can't elevate us we're already at the top of the mountain we have reached the top of the ascent but of course if you reach the uh, top of the ascent the only direction to go is descent and that's why it's so fitting and appropriate that the punishment for Korach and Adasam was descent into the abyss Adama Pastapia V'yadu Chayim and that's why the Torah I think always says in the future the future that can't actually be attained but Kedoshim Tiyu and V'yus uh, V'yatam Tiyuli Um, or significantly right before Korach at the end of Shlach it's it's always something you're aspiring to get to you spend your life elevating yourself if you're always aspiring but not if you believe that you achieved the goal so I would translate Kedoshim to you you shall continually aspire toward being holy I once heard from someone that uh, in the name of the Katskar that um, he was once asked who was the Chassid and uh, he said I don't know a chassid is by no who's not a chassid a chassid is not a chassid because somebody who thinks he's a chassid is not aspiring to be a chassid anymore so by definition he said he's not a chassid okay uh, which leads us we uh, uh, need a better segue but uh, we come to the uh, Rambam Rambam on uh, the concept of Kedush as I said before uh, we're going to focus primarily if we have time we can focus on other aspects of Kedush and the Rambam but this is uh, shel Kedusha so the halacha clearly designates uh, some objects as kadosh. okay, But the precise nature of the sanctity of these objects is ambiguous. Wherein lies the holiness? Is it some kind of magical value, a protective uh, power? Uh, is it something intrinsic or metaphysical within the hefsa, within the object that is defined as kadosh? So I'd like to examine certain Text from the Rambam, and in his approach, I think we will see um, what will co- emerge from this is a distinctly Maimonidean, uh, a unique approach to at least one of the dimensions of uh, Kedusha, of the holiness of a Chef Kedusha. So the first evidence of a uniquely Maimonidean interpretation of Kedusha is his consistent rejection of the notion that there's some magical efficacy or some protective power that inheres in an object that is called kadosh. If something is kadosh, it doesn't mean that it has special powers. And you see this very clearly uh, with the Rambam... um, um, Severely chastises the tipshim the fools who think that a mezuzah which is a chesed shal kedusha uh, somehow promotes it works like a kameah like an amulet to promote their own personal interest so that's the first text you have in front of you that's uh, the side that begins mezuzah aval okay mezuzah perakhei halacha dalib which actually begins a little differently the halacha begins that it's a minot pasha it's a uni- it's a, wide, a widespread custom to write the name Shindalad Yud on the outside of the cloth of the mezuzah but then he adds he goes on to say avol elu bifnim but those are the people who write from the inside the inside of the klop uh, uh, if they write names of angels or holy names divine names or pasuk or seals probably referring to uh, some uh, special unusual letters that are taken to be inscriptions of angelic types of seals representing Malachim So they have no what does that mean? So come on uh, June 9th I'm supposed to speak about in the uh, a series uh, on this topic of Messianism so I'll leave that for now but let's continue Because these fools Lodilehem Shebidluha Mitzvah, I'll come back to that. Not only did they not fulfill the Mitzvah, Eloh Show Sin Mitzvah Gedolah, but they take a vital, important Mitzvah, Shehi Yichod, Shemashal Kershbach, Vavasav, They take a Mitzvah which represents and inculcates the idea of the unity of God, Shema Yisrael, Shema Shemachad, is written in the mezuzah and they treat it as if it's an amulet a protective amulet to serve their own interest as they think according to their foolish mind that this is something that will benefit them in the vanities of the world so the first thing we see in terms of our topic is that clearly the Rambam is not inclined to make any association between the Kedusha of the object and magical powers. He dismisses that entirely um, and um, we'll see that in the next text as well. Uh, but before we leave this arm, it's always hard to take leave of a Rambam that has so many uh, uh, unique Maimonideen physicians in it. And you can always find something new when you read the Rambam. I'll tell you that when... I, um, uh, I once went to visit my, uh, my mentor my doctoral studies Harav Professor Yitzhak Isidotrowski he's the founder of Rafa. so I went to visit him a few months uh, before he passed away from cancer in 1997 in Boston and we were talking and we started talking about the Rabbah and he opened up the Malach uh, and we were looking at the time and then he found something that he hadn't seen before now he wrote the book on the, on the Mishnah Torah uh, and he said to me you know to this day and this was the last months of his life he said to this day I, I learned Rambam. I always see something new that I didn't see before. So there are new things in here. We may never leave this uh, <laughs> this uh, paragraph, uh, but hopefully we'll get to the others. But I just want to point out two or three things which also have echoes in uh, subsequent texts. So I will, and, and they're also some my Uh First, you see here that the Rambam is aggressively, forcefully uh, battling against a. Uh, uh, minhag uh, which she feels promotes false notions or, uh, or corrupt theological positions now we know the Rambam in other places in the Mishnah Torah does I, I just have a I don't know, uh, just a point actually you said so when you read it you wrote um, you said it did not do the mitzvah I uh, you know, I'm coming back to that point. Like he's forceful. They did, not, they did not do it. They were awful. I know, I know. I'm coming to that point. Don't worry. Oh, okay. We won't test over that. That's a very important statement and it'll be reflected in a subsequent text. Okay, uh, you're right. That's a notice then. Um, so, uh, but here, the Rambam, actually in other places in the Mishnah Torah, the Rambam will uh, very strongly and forcefully uh, reject uh, popular notions that he feels are foolish or theologically or philosophically corrupt. Uh, for example, um, in Hilchus Tshuva Parkei, where he says, Don't even think. Whenever he says that, you no, know, that's what people are thinking. And he's fighting against it. Don't even think. That which the fools of the Umas Olam say, or some of the, or, or many of the Boorish among B'nai Yisrael say, that there is no free will, but rather everything's determined. He says reject that he rejects that out of hand that's a popular notion so he's very forceful against that idea also for example in Halchus Malachim where he says "Al yalel don't even think that a Malachim Mashiach also Samosan, that the Mashiach has to perform supernatural uh, miracles rejects that uh, out of hand as well as clearly a popular notion so here what we see in this Halacha is he's rejecting he's fighting against the behavior it's not just an idea or a notion, but it's a minhag or a behavior that is predicated upon false notions and false ideas. Uh, this writing of the Shemos uh, inside the mezuzah for some superstitious or theologically uh, unacceptable um, uh, reason. So he fights against it. And, uh, and it's not that the Rambam, I just want to air, that's not that the Rambam always fights against uh, uh, so harshly against the minhag that he doesn't accept because sometimes he'll say an example would be Hilchus uh, Hanukkah Perakimah where he talks about how challah is recited so he talks about the different minhagim in reciting challah and he says the one that uh, he feels was uh, the derech that was challah uh, was performed during uh, the uh, tekufah of Chazal he says that's minhag harishon um, do I have it? And he says, that's, um, yeah, that's the one we should use. He's talking about how the kahal should respond to the chazen, uh Do you say hallelujah many times or whatever? he uh, says that's the way you should do it but then he says in these days in the 12th century he says he sees in many different places there are many different minhagim of how you uh, actually recite hallel responsively. this or without uh, the other but he doesn't forcefully reject any of the other minhagim because they're not promoting false ideas or uh, some kind of uh, idea that's a, sh- a shibush of some kind but if it does then you get the strong uh, reaction. So that's one thing to note in this halakha. Another thing, as was just brought up. uh, So what's interesting here is this, here you see an emphasis um, on the importance of exploring, uh, of engaging in Tameh Mitzvahs, in the reasons, in trying to seek the purpose and rationale for a given mitzvah. This is central to the Rambam. I remember last year when I was in this... Uh slot in the Parsha Shir. We talked about how according to the Rambam, the highest level, the highest madriga of religious perfection of Shleimus is reached if you observe mitzvahs meticulously, study Torah, study Halacha, but you're also a religious philosopher who knows how to use the sciences in order, say, physics to prove the existence and incorporeal, incorporeality of God. And you know how to use philosophy in the service of Tamei Mitzvahs to understand the rational purpose of every single mitzvah. So important. Even in the Mishnah Torah, the Rambam says in Hilchah Meila Pereches, That it's Roy, the Choladom, the Hisponain. Everybody should look uh, carefully and examine the mitzvah for its reason. Uh, Each one kafik kachal. Uh, 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 according to that person's ability and then he lists a few dangerous pitfalls to beware of when you engage in this pursuit he says well you know if you don't find a reason don't reject the mitzvah don't find a blasphemous reason etc etc but still he and those are reasons for which other Rishonim say let's uh, uh, they frown upon the whole enterprise of tamei Misas but not the rabban. he says there are pitfalls be careful about, beware, but you're not going to get to the highest level unless you engage in this pursuit. Here, you see in this halacha that the Ramban takes a step further. Here, you see the logical halacha conclusion of this emphasis upon the importance of philosophic Tameya mitzvahs. Where is it? Because he says right here, uh, as he noted correctly, he says, if, if you are among these fools who put up a mezuzah and maybe you did it perfectly you, you uh, bought the most expensive cloth and, and case for the mezuzah you put it in a perfect diagonal between the sheeta of Rashi and Rabbeinu Tom, no problem you did everything exactly right but you, but you didn't know you didn't understand that the time of mezuzah it's to convey Yichud Hashem that every time you pass the mezuzah or touch the mezuzah you are reminded of what's in the cloth in the parchment of the mezuzah that's the whole point of the mezuzah you don't realize that because you didn't engage properly in time mezuzah and instead what are you doing instead you're, you're using it as, as a, a protective charm or an alarm system or whatever you're using the mezuzah for so not only are you not fulfilling the mitzvah optimally but at Kedekach, you bitlu hamitzvah. You actually failed to fulfill the mitzvah of Miziz'l. is right on your door, a doorpost, but you have not fulfilled the mitzvah. So here you see the logical halachic consequence or conclusion to this philosophic position. It actually has ramifications in a halachic context. We're going to see that again in the next uh, text. And, uh, before we go to the next text, you really can't leave, uh, leave a rambam without saying. A few things. Uh, the last. Look at the last phrase. Which uh, uh, benefits people in the vanities of the world. The Rambam uses the word "hevel" in two ways in the Mishnah Torah. He uses it frequently enough, and, it's, and we're going to see both uses throughout these uh, these particular uh, halachas. Uh, one use is this one: that the vanity, empty, uh, uh, insignificant. Uh, activity which doesn't—it's not productive in any spiritual or intellectual or moral sense. It's just uh, wasting your time, basically. For example, in in Hechel when he talks about Shofar, and he says the Shofar in Paragim. He says the Shofar is intended to wake you up, and it wakes you up from it wakes up those who have Shogim uh, in in Hevel People who spend all their time in vanity and emptiness in their actions—it tells them be more productive. That's one use of hevel. And that's how he's using it here. But the other use of hevel in the Rambam's work, especially in, in both the Mishnatay and the Ma'arivufim, actually, hevel can mean um, um, idolatrous, theologically corrupt opinions and views and and actions. Uh, the common denominator is that both the empty actions, the insignificant uh, activity, and the idolatrous, theologically corrupt activity are considered by the rabbin to be non-purposive, uh, a non purposive use of your life. You're not using it. The Torah is purposive, and those things are not. Uh, but we're going to see in the next uh, halacha where Hevel is used in the other way you see for example actually we just had in Pesach <laughs> in Hathos Tometzu Matzah where the Rambam said Masrubignus what does not mean that you start the Siprasis Hesrayim with uh, uh, something negative about our history that Avusenu you Ovdei Avodazor right uh, at the time of Terach uh, but do you see how the Rambam says I think I have that one he says uh, uh, oh, yeah, him. He says they were co friended Toin Achar HaHevel. In the time of Terach, our ancestors were running after Hevel. Now, it doesn't mean meaningless things. What he's talking <coughs> about there is avodazara, idolatry, uh, corrupt opinion. So Hevel could be either way, and we're going to see it uh, fluctuating that way in the Rambas writing. You should always be aware of the possibility it's one or the other. Okay, we really have to go to the next uh, Rambas. Hilchas Akum Perakid Aleph Alachagid uh, Beis is next. So here's another example of the Rambam's rejection of any magical quality to a He says Somebody uh, whispers charms uh, over a wound and also reads a Pesach from the Torah hoping that that will heal the wound. So a person reads a Pesach on a new, an infant that the infant should not uh, be afraid or cry. These are Chesed Shal Kedusha here. You put a Torah, on a child and you figure that will somehow uh, put the child to sleep. Not only are they in the categories which he's been talking about in this whole peric, uh peric Yid Aleph of Hilchas of people who are uh, uh, charmers or Minach uh, or people who engage in divination. Okay, all these things that were ushered in Pasha Shoftim and Divarim, witchcraft, Mechashev, etc. Ella Shehim um, Bechal, Torah, not only are they in that category, but they're also uh, uh, denying the Torah. Shehin al-Sin, divre Torah rif uskuf, they make the Torah as if the words of the Torah intended to magically heal the physical body, but really it's intended to heal and elevate the soul. He quotes the Pesach from Mishle, they will be life for your soul. Uh, that's what divrei Torah are intended to be so again we see no magical protective powers involved in the Kedusha of Aches HaShad Kedusha it's out of the question I just want to finish this uh, um, what we just read by looking a few Halachas later in the same paragraph that's the next text Akum Yud Aleph but now we're looking at Halacha Zion, a few Halachas later uh, the Rambam summing up with Varam So he's been talking in this parak uh, about what he calls minhagia vodazara, idolatrous practices, but he includes within that all sorts of types of um, magic and sorcery and soothsaying and divination and witchcraft that are all prohibited in Pasha uh, Shofter of Dvar. Uh, so he says all of those things. They are false. They're, they're, there's no truth to them, no efficacy to them. And the, and, uh, the ancient idolators uh, used these practices in order to deceive people. So that they should be drawn after them, follow them. And it's not proper for Jews who are wise. Notice the word Hevel again. But this time Hevel is in the sense of idolatry. Uh, it's not proper for wise Jews to go after these kind of vanities. to Allah, uh, or in some text, to Elis. Not uh, they shouldn't think that there's any purpose to them. And now to continue, these are all uh, pieces, extracts from the same Halacha, Halakha but Anyone who believes in these types of practices, and thinks that these are wise scientific Uh, things, uh, practices and efficacious, they work but the Torah decided for whatever reason to prohibit these really scientific wise activities Aino elim naschalim or umechasre hadas. Such a person is a fool. Avol balei afachmat mei hadas. But those who have wisdom and sound knowledge, ye deuber a know with demonstrated proof. Shekal elohad varim she Torah. All of these things that the Torah said in Prasha Shavtem is asar. A non-divrei chachma. They're not scientific. They don't work. They're false. Ela tovu vahevel again hevel. Hevel in idolatrous sense. She nim shechuba hem machasre hadas. Not true. Learned. this is people who left the path of truth who follow those activities and now the Rambam finishes with a, a, a breathtaking um, a breathtakingly novel uh, take on this whole thing he says he says uh, when the t- therefore, when the Torah um, in Parsha Shoftim, after it listed mechasef and Maunain, vekasem and all these different things, it then has the pasuk right there in Shoftim, tamim im That's like the the concluding pasuk of all of those prohibitions. So the Rama says, and because of this, the Torah uh, admonished because of all these havalim, tamim im So what you have here is a totally Almost totally novel interpretation of this Pasit And it's similar to what we saw in the first text. You have a logical, uh, you have a philosophic position being taken to its logically halachic conclusion. What's happening here? If you look at that Pasit Tamentiyah Shemelkecha, so what does it mean in context? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says it's a matter of bitacham, right? You, you shouldn't go to soothsayers and Div- diviners in order to find out the future you should have bitachon and amuna and Hashem don't, uh, as far as the future is concerned that's a deficiency a deficiency in amuna and bitachon in particular Ramban says something similar it's not bitachon it's yira according to Ramban uh, your only yira your aura and your fear uh, concerning the future should be in relation to a Baruch Hu only but not Because you're afraid of what some soothsayer is going to tell you. Uh, That's a deficiency in your yira of Hashem. Uh, The Chovos Havavos, or Vachim Pekuda, takes it independent of the context it's in, witchcraft and all of this, and he says what it means is, you have to be tamim, that your inner thoughts should be at one with your outer actions. You shouldn't think one thing and act the other way, and vice versa. Your actions and your thoughts should be in sync. So the Rambam, Look what he did here. Tamim Tia, he, he kept the context of witchcraft, magic, etc., for Tamim. Uh, that's what he's talking about in Hilhlasaun. Uh, but he's taking chavas Havavas a step further. What he just said was, "You must have understanding of the mitzvah. This is back to Tami mitzvah. So you must have ha- Havana a real understanding of what this why is this mitzvah forgiven. why is there no say why is there no love in this case why, is the, why are these practices prohibited you're supposed to understand that these and philosophically understand that these are not scientific practices that they're not helpful in any way that they're like idolatrous practices you're supposed to be able to understand that and therefore you're Maase, your uh, adherence to the prohibition against witchcraft, etc., is because of your understanding. The Havana should be at one with the Ma'aseh. That's It's like taking Bachir a step further. But it's it in the context of witchcraft. But what does that mean, the maase? It's a real chiddush. Because it means you could have somebody, let's imagine, somebody is sitting on his or her couch, a real couch potato, Okay, just sitting, doing nothing, nothing wrong, Perfectly innocent, and thinking, okay, I'm not over on anything. I'm not over on witchcraft. I'm not over on cosim. I'm just sitting here. I'm perfectly in line with what the Torah tells me in Pasha and anywhere else. But this person on the couch is thinking that it's too bad, you know, witchcraft, all these things is really scientific or really works, but the Torah decided to say it, to, that it's us. Awesome. So, according to the Rambam, that person just sitting there doing nothing is over on Tamim tia and Mashem Lekecha because the, the Havana and the Maase were not in sync and that's and that's what he's saying if you believe uh, these Havalim then then uh, it's, bec- it's against that that the Torah said against that kind of a thought that the Torah said Tam in tia Hashem it's, it's remarkable and it's another example of a halachic consequence to a philosophic position uh, in the Ramba. ok um Uh, so I didn't translate to man deliberately because it has all these different possibilities. Uh, here it means, yeah. Here it means uh, a harmonious, a, a harmony of, um, of understanding and action for the rama. Some kind of complete unity or harmony. It's close to Shalem, yeah. It's according to say that just by sitting there it's over, yeah I mean this is an assay, assay so maybe he's, he's uh, somehow he's transgressing an isser asse. yeah as far as the Rambam is concerned he's got to do tshuva for that not yeah, not for uh, yeah I, I don't know what kovvon you bring for them I don't know I, 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 I know Rabbi, I, I don't know what kovvon don't know but it, it would be a kovvon you really this is a transgression so then, okay, then theoretically if more do a happens, maybe. Okay, it's, it's Naseh. You've been doing too much stuff here Yeah, me. <laughs> okay. Uh, next, next halacham. Oh, so wait. Before we get the next halacham, let's get back on track. We were talking about at huh? One point. Okay, so... Um, so the first evidence of a uniquely Maimonideen my, my interpretation of a Shal Kedush as far as wherein lies the holiness is that he negates the possibility rejects the possibility that there's anything magical or protective protective powers in a Shal tradition that's not what, what the, the holiness is about uh, he also by the way says something similar in the guide in Mare Nebuchad in in chapter 61 where he talks about names of Hashem shemas. so there he's talking about the 12 letter name and the 42 are different names uh some of many of which we don't really know today. But the Gemara talks about them. And the Rambam belittles people who use names of God as protective charms or who invent other names of God quote of which they think that they necessitate <coughs> holiness and purity and work miracles. He belittles that. So all of this fits in terms of the Rambam's position rejection of any um, specific magical or protective powers within an object of Kedusha. Let's look now at another entity that is that is uh, called Kadash, and that is um, Hebrew Lashon HaKaddosh uh, so here you do have uh, here you have a, a, another fact that comes into play when it comes to the entity being Kaddosh uh, and that's an intrinsic metaphysical some kind of connection with the divine that's somehow inherent in, in the language you do have this in the Zohar the Zohar and Shmo says uh, the Shechina is actually fused fuses with the letters of, of uh, Lashon HaKodesh. The Ramban, uh, disagreeing with what I'm about to mention from the Ramban um, uh, on on, uh, on Kitisa, the Ramban says that uh, the Hebrew language is kadosh because it's the, it's the vehicle it's the medium for transmission of all kisvei Kaddish and somehow that also lends to it a certain metaphysical value of Kedusha, of holiness as well but the Rambam takes a whole different track with this and it gives us a clue as to a new dimension of Kedusha uh, as interpreted by the Rambam uh, and I just noticed that I took the first volume of the guide I, I meant to take this second line um, so I'll just paraphrase uh, the, um, it's part 3 chapter uh, 8 of uh, the mora uh, the Rambam is talking there about speech he's saying how speech is a, is a gift given to you by Kodesh Baruch Hu. it distinguishes a human being as, as a creature that has been created and it has to be used for noble purposes if you, deg- if you use it for degrading purposes for obscene speech or uh, talk about things that shouldn't be talked about publicly or openly or uh, uh, disgraceful things then you're degrading the nobility of this gift that was given to you that makes you uh, uh, Tzalamelechim so in that context he says and this is what Lashon HaKodesh is about he says when it comes to Lashon HaKodesh the holy status of Hebrew has to do he says with its lack of direct terms for things that quote ought not to be mentioned I I didn't take it uh, with me from the house so I was going to quote more but he gives examples of the male and female organs of uh, copulation, or, or organs that are used for um, um, for uh, excrement or things like that, or the very uh, or excrement itself, those kinds of things. He says Hebrew lacks any terms which, in their first connotation, mean those things. All of these things that he feels should not be mentioned. These are things that. Um, uh, should be mentioned privately just as you would perform these functions privately um, and uh, therefore he gives examples uh, for example for uh, when it comes to uh, urine he says it's called uh, waters of the feet it's, it's figurative it's not what it, the Hebrew has no word for that uh, and he gives a whole list of things for which Hebrew has no word it's only figurative expressions are used and this he feels is an expression of the nobility of the language the moral nobility of the language uh, that it, it only has words for things uh, that um, are the most noble of human uh, endeavor Okay. Uh, okay. You can look at it yourself in Part Three, Chapter Eight. But what we see here, the Rambam is not talking about a metaphysical sanctity to the language. He talks in other places about the importance of Hebrew. But he's not talking here about the metaphysical sanctity as you would have it in the Ramban or the Zohar or uh, or the Maharal uh, and others. Uh, he's saying it's, it conveys uh, the idea that you should pursue a higher level, a higher moral level the language itself indicates that and it moves you on that path and that I think gives us a clue as to how we should view um, um, many of the objects that are called Cheser in in the, Shal in the Rambam's perspective that there's a moral slash intellectual goal to which the Cheser Shal is leading you and directing you and that is actually part of the of the object look at the next text and Hilchah's Tfilin he says the, the sanctity of Tefillin, which is a a sanctified object, uh, is a great level uh, because uh, well, as long as you wear tefillin that man who wears the tefillin is going to be uh, is going to fear God is, is not going to be uh, lost in in, um, in uh, empty uh, chatter uh, but rather is going to turn his mind le to matters of truth and righteousness. So apparently, the tefillin, with the partials in them, that have all these messages, theological messages, that are Yisodei Hadas or Shema Yisrael, Ve'yom Shemoa Ve'hafta S'Shemal Kepha, Right? That's supposed to teach the person who's wearing it, remind the person who's wearing it to pursue these moral and intellectual goals. Divrei HaMesvat Sedech. To concentrate and focus upon Divrei HaMesvat This is part of the Kedusha. The Rambam is directly connecting it to the notion of Kedusha. The Kedusha of Tfilin is great because it. Uh, but it makes you concentrate upon divrei Amesvat vatsed it would appear from this Maimandine formulation that the sanctity or at least the high degree of sanctity we'll come back to possibly another dimension of tefillin in a moment but uh, at least one dimension of the kedusha tefillin derives from the intellectual and moral achievements that are engendered by wearing tefillin rather than uh, from, uh, at least at the moment, rather than from a metaphysical or moral uh, or a magical type of quality. Um, you have a similar interpretation of Kedusha in, uh, in the Moran of part 162 with regard to the names of God again. I referred to it earlier, this time as chapter 62. The Rambam explains that the 12 and 42 letters, uh, names of God, the 12 and 42 letter names which are referred to in, in the Gemara, uh, we don 't know what they are now, uh, probably were comprised of words indicating notions representing God and teaching some sort of divine science. In other words, he feels that if you if you broke down those names of God, uh, you would get teachings about religious metaphysics that would tell you about uh, God about God's creation about God's relation to human beings theological notions philosophic notions that's what it's teaching you and the Rambam then quotes the Gemara and Kiddush and Daf Ayin Aleph with one uh, he quotes a little bit differently from what we have in our text he says the name having 42 letters is holy and sanctified Kadosh Mekudosh our version Shas doesn't have Kadosha Mekudosh it's a very, actually a very important phrase here for what the Rambam is saying but he has it in his text uh, and he says it's, the name with 42 letters is and it should only be transmitted to the right person why continues the Rambam most people says the Rambam think that this Talmudic passage deals solely with pronunciation of letters that if you just pronounce the 42 letter name of God then somehow you're filled with holiness holiness permeates he says that's not what's going on here he says it is not taken into consideration that these letters may have a meaning so that great things may be acquired through them. This is all instruction in divine notions. In other words, the Kadosh HaMekudosh aspect of the 42-letter name of God, that's mentioned in Gemara, the uh, what's holy about it? The holiness is linked to instruction in divine notions that may be acquired through careful reading of this name, the 42-letter name so again there's an intellectual component or dimension to uh, that the Rambam is developing here whether it's with regard to Tefillin whether it's with regard to uh, uh, to the names of Hashem whether it's with regard to um, uh, what do we always say Lashon HaKodesh it's, it's part of the Kedusha the Rambam links it with Kedusha part of the Kedusha dimension of the Kedusha is that it directs you and leads you and promotes moral and intellectual um, elevation uh, and toward a, a greater Shlemaz and uh, you see this also with mezuzah you see this also with Sefer Torah that's your next text with mezuzah let's uh, save a little time we'll move uh, quicker in it uh, he says when you, when you concentrate on the mezuzah when you pass it and you, you touch it as you pass it he says in the second line in the middle the dash ain sham dawaha ma da lam 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 min aliyat sur ha al lam umiyar al khazal da tawa left with a dafay the messa propels you to uh an understanding that you should be concentrating on yadia on daya on knowing surah al mim adarakdash perkhu as much as you can possibly know him the end of this halacha, actually this is also a totally novel interpretation of the Mara Menachas but we don't have time for it now uh, you could ask me later at the end of this halacha uh, look at the next halacha say for Torah when it comes to both and Sefer Torah what the Rambam is saying there are intellectual spiritual goals here that are related to the Kedusha the object that's why you have to treat it with such respect and with reverence because they lead you to uh, concentrating on Yediat Sur HaOlamin and because you then realize that the Sefer Torah is Ed HaNamon al HaOlam what does that mean? you can look at the Pasuk of the Yelach referring to but it means that uh, the Torah will now uh, testify to you that there is a creator who gave us this Torah there are mitzvahs in the Torah we can learn about the creator his creation, his Torah by learning that Torah so again it's the intellectual and moral uh, teachings that that are being emphasized in the Kedusha of the object Um, now just to go uh, further one second um, okay uh, okay now it's important we go ahead a bit because uh, I don't want to I don't want to leave you with the um, impression that there is nothing metaphysical or divine about a HaShadosh kedusha in the Rambam's view the Rambam also says in in um, we'll skip a little bit in Mare in part 162 uh, the Rambam distinguishes between all the other names of Hashem that he mentioned up until now the 12 letter name the 42 letter name etc and the 4 letter Havaya Yudke Vavke when it comes to Yudke Vavke says the Rambam this alone, this name alone is indicative of the essence of the mahut, of the essence of God without associating any other notion with it. It's not just teaching you about God and God's actions. This is actually associated with the essence of God. So there is something metaphysical to this. There seems to be an intrinsic sanctity that derives from its association with God's essence. So now we can, we have, uh, we can expand our equation when it comes to the dimensions of kedusha. Uh, Tefillin has many mentions of Shem Havaya in it 42 to be exact right 21 in Yad 21 in Shalrosh uh, uh, and that's why the Rambam in one halacha I think I put it on the sheet uh, says that uh, uh, it's a greater Kedusha than the sits of the coin Gadot because they only have the Shem Havaya once and here you have 42 times uh, so clearly the, the fillin have a Kedusha of a more uh, intrinsic divine metaphysical uh, quality that derives from the name of Hashem, the, the, uh, the Shem Havaya, that is in the tefillin. And therefore, if we go back to that halacha in tefillin, Perak dalit halacha Chavhei, in the middle of the first page, when the Ram says, Kedusha tefillin, Kedusha Gedolahi, he may mean, the Kedusha that's already inherent and present in the film because of all the shemas of Hashem on a metaphysical level, it's, a, it's an even higher level of Kedusha because it also leads you to intellectual and moral uh, uh, foci and directions and concentration. It, and that is an aspect, it's a dimension of the Kedusha. For the Rambam, you can't talk about Kedusha without talking about the intellectual dimension. It doesn't mean there's no metaphysical. Uh, 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 to mention to it, but okay, just uh, very quickly. I, see, I don't have that much time to finish. But um, if if you look at on your sheet at Hochos Beis that's another example. You see on the second side, Hochos Beis Habachira, Vav Tesfa Zasayim, where the Rama says, ushkina Eina The Rambam here on Beis Vachira is saying that the Kedusha that uh, Shlomo uh, sanctified the Migdash with that's the Kedusha Rishonah of the Mikdash in Yerushalayim that's Kedusha Lassid Lava that always remains as opposed to the rest of the Veritas Torah that needed the subsequent Kedusha of Ezra in order to be Kedusha Lassa Lava but why? Why was that Kedusha that that sanctification that Shlomo uh, inculcated here in the Migdash and Shalayim why did it uh, remain even after the des- desolation of the Migdash because, and this is the Rambam's own words his own formulation, not from Hazal directly because there is a divine presence there so the Rambam does talk about a mes- metaphysical quality in this case, to the Kedusha of the site so what we see there is that for the Rambam when it comes to a Cheser Kedusha there is, on the one hand, this rejection of the notion that something magical or protective the charms that have to do with the Kedusha or that are a result of the Kedusha. We see that there is the, the affirmation of some level of uh, intrinsic metaphysical holiness based on the Shem Havayim more than anything else or the Shkinan in the case of the Mikdash. And there is this additional dimension, this intellectualized dimension of Kedusha, which makes Tafil uh, in Kedusha Tan Gedolahi, because it leads you to concentrate and focus on intellectual and moral elevation. And that is something deserving of the name of Kedusha. Uh, Finally, just mention... uh, By by the way, you can trace this further because I don't have time to do it now. Is that clock right? It is. Okay. uh, uh, I don't have time, but you can trace it in other uses other connotations of the word Kaddish we're concentrating on Chesesh of I don't have time to go into it but Kedoshim Tiyu Tiyu says the Sifran. that if you look at when the Rambam uses kaddusha in the sense of separateness like in all of Sefer Kaddusha, to separate yourself from Mahal Sasuras and Yisuri dia all of this constantly uh, uh, consistently there's the word dayah somehow comes into his discussions of kaddusha. and I'll leave you with the final uh, just to cap that up uh, to cap that the last halacha on the second page from Shmikta Yovel Yud Gimel Yud Gimel, where the Rambam says Lo Levi Ela Anybody who wants to to elevate himself spiritually Vehevino Mata Oh and his mind uh, makes him understand how to stand hashem hashem in order to get greater knowledge of hashem so look on the last line is This juxtaposition of kedusha with dea is the asod Mossad in in uh, in the Rambam whenever he talks about the notion of Kedusha, whether it's in relation to Khesh Kedusha or whether it's in relation to Kedusha as precious or transcendent for the Rambam you can't get away from the intellectual dimension. Thank you for the extra minute. Thank you very, very much. Next week is Rabbi Schachner. Okay,